Good afternoon, Little Saigon, Seattle. This is your friend Dan, and it is February the 27th, 2020, Thursday. And I just wanted to say good afternoon to everybody, you know, good afternoon, good afternoon. And if you live someplace and you're being exposed to this craziness, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I'm beginning to think it's like pre-apocalyptic foreplay. You know, you gotta get warmed up. You can't just go to it. Indeed, you're not going to find the, the G-spot if you go right to it, so you need the foreplay. I got an email from a listener today, and I asked his permission before I would read it. Um, he asked me to keep him anonymous, and I'm going to obviously do that. And I'm also going to tell you very little about him. I will tell you this. Um, he lives to the east of me, and he lives in a state that begins with a letter M. That's as much as I can give you. So let's lead, let's read, <laughs> lead. I'm in a shitty mood, by the way. By the time we get to my shitty mood topic, you're going to find out why my brain is all messed up. One reason could be that I'm pretty much out of coffee. The other reason could be I have no beer or weed, but that's not a need. That's a nice to have. So is coffee. And frankly, I consider this training. But on a really shitty day, without weed, without coffee, without beer... That's a really wicked combination. But that's not this, so let me read the email. The email I got from my friend who lives east of me in a state that, be that begins with the letter M. Hey man, how are you? Since we last spoke, I went on a trip back east for training. Probably not a big deal for you, but I've never been a big computer person Hopefully, I'll be able to go on to better things in the future. My team leader wants me to move, move on to more advanced training when I'm ready. But it's really just teaching the test and not teaching you to actually know all the information. My trip back east was strange and disturbing. Everyone I saw was sick. I'm used to seeing a few people sick during cold season, but practically everyone I saw in the airport, on the plane, in the hotels, 
and restaurants was sick, coughing, hacking, grunting, sneezing, sniffling, etc. It was disgusting. One of those sick fucks even gave me a dose of norovirus, you know, the cruise ship shit and puke yourself inside out type of virus. It repulses me, since I know I got sick because somewhere, some dick couldn't be bothered, couldn't be bothered to wash their hands after shitting. Gross. Anyway, I wanted to let you know some of the interesting things I've, I've seen here in the last couple days. The normies are waking up, and it's getting weird. Two nights ago, I went to Wally World to do some shopping. I wanted to get some cold meds and toiletries to stock up ahead of potential surprise shortages. I walk through the camping aisle. I do it practically every time I visit out of habit. All the freeze-dried food was stripped. Even the astronaut ice cream was missing. The cheap Chinese camping crap, Kuglins, whatever, and first aid kits were all there in abundance. Thanks to the, thanks to the Mormons, the Wally here also has a survival prepper shop up front with big number 10 cans of freeze-dried food. Buckets, gamma lids, water jugs, and whatnot. A lot of the food was missing from up there, too, well, too also. Usually that place is full and nobody seems to buy much of it. What I did see in plenty was cold mitts, toiletries, paper products, etc. People weren't stocking up on that. At a nearby grocery store, a friendly cashier told me she heard a rumor there's a woman nearby who's been quarantined, suspicion of the red flu. Well, that's a different name, the red flu. That was a surprise. I hadn't heard that one yet as a rumor. I doubt it's true, but who knows? Yesterday, I visited a local survivalist store. The owner didn't have time to talk. He had some important business call to take. But I overheard him state he had been extremely busy all day, and 5.30 was the first time he had been, been free to talk all day. It was hard to tell, but it looked like he had sold a lot of cans of powdered milk and powdered eggs in number 10 cans. And the number 10 cans were low, too. I went to the gun store and looked at all the awesomeness. A, a counter guy told me they had been busy all day, too. He said the crowd was about half guys spending tax refunds and half preppers. He also gave me a bad rumor. I checked when I got home that a dude had died of red flu in a nearby county. Apparently, some very old guy died and was found decomposing in his house north of a major city in our state after returning from China. It, it took two weeks to verify he didn't die of red flu. Well, let's hope that was correct. I visited the local army surplus store too. The cashier told me they sold a ton of MREs and camping food this weekend. They still had a lot of the mountain house stuff, the expensive camping grub. The deserts, the desserts were hard, the desserts, excuse me, the desserts were hardly touched, but the beef and mac and chicken and noodle type meals were a bit thin. I couldn't tell from the big boxes of MREs how much was gone. I don't know who wants to survive on MREs. That's almost as bad as the virus. And I hit my local grocery store real quick, too. All I saw were a few gaps in the, in the canned veggies and beans aisle. 
The cashier said they had an average low turnout, but he did see some folks buying freeze-dried food from a small prepper area they have with number 10 cans from a, from a nearby farm and plastic buckets of wise-type stuff. I noticed a lot of the bulk, 50-pound sacks of wheat and quick oats were taken, too. I hit my local industrial welding supply store, where I have been lucky in the past looking for masks. They had a few boxes of 3M and Moldex N95 masks, so I got a couple boxes. I told my friends and coworkers I like to go there while they can. Well, you know, yeah, while they, they should go there while they can. Today I got word from my friends I warned the masks were already gone, and they had to place a pre-order for delivery from the warehouse. That was pretty fast change in less than 24 hours. I've assumed for a long time that, sh that the shop was not on the average shopper's radar, since it's an industrial supply, not a medical supply or drugstore. Friday, I'm taking the same friends to Sam's Club to stock up so they can save some money on prepping. I also spoke to a neighbor I like to give him a heads up. He had no real clue anything was going on. I figure he's like a lot of people. He figures he'll just go to the store, stock up, and blow off to his family's hunting cabin in the mountains if things get bad. Thanks to the media, I think a lot of people are going to panic. When they see how much stuff has already disappeared from the shelves, I think they'll panic more. I think the panic will be worse than the flu itself. Still, everyone is entitled to feel scared, since the government has screwed this up pretty bad, in my opinion. I wish we would err on the side of caution from the get-go, rather than erring on the side of big business. I don't give a crap about your money when my health is on the line. Why didn't we shut our borders? Why didn't we ban Chinese and all flights from China? Why did the CDC try to keep testing centralized Atlanta for so long? Why aren't we penalizing China for nationalizing our 3M plant there and restricting our medical products from export to us? There, and we are the rightful owners. Also, I wish we would make it a standard practice to halt all international travelers for 24 hours quarantine for a health inspection before we let them enter the U.S. We used to have a similar procedure for arriving ships to prevent disease from entering the country. We ought to do the same thing with air travel. Health should trump, health should trump, as in take priority over, business concerns in my opinion. I saw a news article I saw a news article finally covering how bad the mass shortage is and how high prices are for them online. This morning, the National Hourly Radio News ran a story about how Amazon is cracking down on price gougers selling masks. Considering there are basically no masks available on Amazon, it's hard to see how that will help. Just wait till people are selling freeze-dried food and survival supplies at three times the going prices. <laughs> I think it'll be more than that, my friend. Take care. Take care. Indeed, take care. I got that email from a friend of mine. Um, he lives east of where I live. He lives in a state that begins with the letter M. Um, 
you probably can figure out it's a few states away. He lives in a relatively rural community. And what he's describing there um, doesn't quite fit the narrative. Now, I've, I've told you guys in recent weeks that I have not noticed any type of really crazy shit going on in Little Saigon yet. And I think it is kind of weird. I mean, I live in Chinatown. I live in Chinatown. I live basically, you know, a half a mile from every major hospital in Seattle. I live a half a mile from Seattle University. I live in a transient building. God, do I have to explain what that means? Yeah, um, this guy is a listener. I, I don't want to give away anything else. You know, you, you can probably guess the state. It's a big state. It's next to Canada, and it starts with M. And you can probably guess that in a way he's not that far away, but I'll tell you he's more than 1,000 miles away. That should help you. He's closer to about 1,100 miles away. What he's describing is different from what I'm seeing here, but I don't really know what I'm seeing here yet. If I'm to believe the story, the first person, the first victim of this whatever it is, was sick and admitted to a Chinese hospital in the first week of December. If this thing has a 30-day incubation period, that would imply that that guy got infected, you know, sometime in early November. So back in December, and November, when this guy was contagious and not yet sick, because keep in mind, you can be contagious with this motherfucker virus, asymptomatic, walking around. So for a couple weeks in November, this guy was getting people sick. So my magical question is, if I live in what the propaganda elite tell me of the Seattle upper crust, an Asian Pacific tech hub, that's Seattle, blah, 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 blah. If that's true, with people going back and forth, folks, I worked at Microsoft, okay? Just one example of major tech companies here. 
they always had people traveling back and forth. They always had visitors from fucking China. Are you fucking kidding me? Every fucking day. And no, they didn't check the Chinese people to see if they were sick. That'd be racist. That'd be racist. Anyways. So yeah, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm not sick yet. It's possible that I got sick without symptoms. It's possible that just about everybody in my building got sick without symptoms. It's also possible that maybe half the people in my building are dead. I just don't know yet. I mean, yeah, when, when I start smelling it. I just don't know what to think about this. Here's what I will say. It does look real in the sense that it looks like there's something making people sick. And it's entirely plausible that it's this virus. But it is definitely, if this is a virus, this is a bioweapon. This is not something made by God. This was made by man. This was engineered. If this is real, this is a bioweapon, do your own research, okay? Study your own military history. I've done my military science training, so fuck you. Do your own work on this. But if you can come up with an explanation for this that doesn't make it a bioweapon, please send me a fucking email or leave a fucking comment. Explain to me that this is Deflator Mouse, the Bat Scratch Fever, the Bad Bat Soup. But here's the thing, my, the listener, the dude that sent me this email, I know for a fact he's a cool dude. Don't ask me why his identity is private. I know he's a cool dude. I know he's an honest man. I know this. I know this in my heart. And so he's giving me a reflection of the situation in essentially a Midwest town, middle America. Okay, this is not a major city. This is not an Asia-Pacific tech hub. <laughs> as Bill Gates might say, or some of my douchey friends and family might say. No, this is the middle of fucking nowhere. And if in middle of fucking nowhere where people are usually more capable of fending for themselves, it looks like people might be going into crazy space, what the fuck do you think Seattle's going to look like in two weeks? I can tell you. It's not going to look good.
Yeah, I don't know what to say. I really, really don't know what to say. It's one of those situations where I want to say I know what the fuck is going on. But all I can tell you right now is I think this is what's going on. Whether the virus is a bioweapon or whether it's natural. Well, actually, I think it is a bioweapon. So it's a bioweapon. I don't think the bioweapon is the thing. I, I'm still convinced there's something else going on. I, I don't know. I, I was talking to another friend the other day about this, and his theory was it is the culling. You know, I've talked about this in podcasts before, this notion that at some point they, they just might decide to just, you know, reduce the size of the herd to cut back. That's what a culling is, you know? Charlie Uniform, Lima Lima, India November, Gulf. That's a culling. The herd has gotten too big. They need a culling. It could be that. And if he's right, then this time next year, there might only be two or three billion people on planet Earth. You say, well, that's a lot of people. It is. It's still a lot of people. It's still twice as much as 100 years ago. But, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, if it's 8 billion right now, that means somewhere between 4 and 5 will go away. Now, it won't be equally distributed. Right now, currently, it looks like this virus prefers to kill old people. I don't know if that's true. I really don't. And even if that is true, it's a tr it is a tremendous amount of conceit and hubris to believe that we are so intelligent, so fucking brilliant, that we can control the path of this virus even if we engineered it. Is it possible we're that fucking brilliant, we're that fucking capable? Maybe. Is it possible that the people doing this are have, you know, supernatural powers and therefore can defy logic and causality? I don't think so, but maybe. But all things being equal, if if this is reality we're talking about, it is very conceited. It is very problematic and dangerous to believe that you can monkey with a virus and then predict its outcomes. It's a big difference between mapping um, genomic information, you know, the information in your DNA. There's a huge difference between that and being able to make reasonable stochastic predictions about protein synthesis. Well, Dan, what do you mean by protein synthesis? Well, let's talk about RNA. RNA is what viruses deliver. It's not a full DNA sequence. It's really a tinier sequence. You can think of RNA like the computer virus being carried by the virus. Once the RNA gets into the nucleus of the cell, the RNA can change the behavior of the DNA and force the nucleus to do what it wants. In the case of every virus, what it wants is the cell to reproduce it. Make copies, make copies of copies, make more copies. So essentially, it's a hack. A, a virus hacks the DNA of a cell. And once it's done hacking it, the cell starts making viruses. In a worst case scenario, um, like with Ebola, the viral production is so damaging that the cell can't possibly survive and you essentially, essentially the cell just explodes. And it's not just one cell, the, the rate is so rapid, viral 
production is so rapid and spreads through the body so quickly that every almost every cell in your body essentially explodes and that's why people hemorrhage if you you know if you see like ebola and people are bleeding the reason why they're bleeding is because their cells are exploding their connective tissue their skin their their organs everything is liquefying now thank goodness i guess right thank goodness the the gobulinic virus the boogaloo flu the COVID-19, deflator mouse, whatever the fuck you want to call this nasty, nasty thing. The good news is it is not hemorrhagic. Um, but that's, that's the only good news. The bad news is, is that it appears to be really, really well designed to cause the immune systems of older people to go into a panic mode, to create a limited autoimmune response, also referred to as a cytokine storm. And when that happens, essentially the immune system is overreacting and in the process ends up killing the person. In this particular case, ends up in many cases going for the heart tissue, destroying the heart. Because again, another feature of this fucking virus is it has surface proteins specifically designed to be quickly taken up by certain types of cells. Certain types of cells um, will, will quickly pull this virus in and then the hacking begins. That's when the RNA changes the DNA behavior and you get the mass production and so on and so forth. And this continues until a person either recovers or dies, right? Yeah. I believe my friend and his story, and I believe it's probably a story being replayed around this country today, which means that even though I've been on the fence about how real this thing is, this is what I'll state. It's real in the sense that it looks like a bioweapon has been released. And this bioweapon looks really bad. Like whoever built it was pretty fucking smart. And it looks like it does, according to some researchers, contain some of the features of the HIV AIDS virus. That should not make you happy because HIV is designed to crash your immune system. It's designed to destroy your immune system. Now, currently, this little bug uses these proteins just to trick the lung cells to uptake them quickly to pull them in. So it's not like AIDS. But... <laughs> That's today, folks. Who the fuck knows what's in that RNA? RNA may not be a full sequence of DNA, but RNA packs a lot of information. Who knows what this thing mutates into in the future? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Now, my friend from the other day, you know, the guy I spoke to the other day, my friend, um, he said, you know what, Dan? Trust in the Lord. And I agree with him. I'm a Christian. Trust in the Lord, kind of like what R.J. McCready says in the thing. <laughs> you know, if you don't, if you don't trust, if you don't trust me, trust in the Lord, and he gives his friend that whiskey and locks him in the tool shed. If you don't trust anybody, trust in the Lord. Trust Jesus. That's what R.J. McCready says.
I thank my friend who is, you know, thousands of miles away. I hope he's safe. You know, I, I, my thoughts go out to him for this information. It isn't that shocking, but it is an accurate view of what's going on. And he mentioned going out east for the training, you know, going to the east coast. I don't, you know, this is weird to me. Why is the east coast the sixth zone? Why not, <laughs> once again, I gotta say, why not Little Saigon? This is so fucking weird. Why have I not seen any obvious signs? Here's another funny little tidbit, and I'm not proud of it, but I'll tell you. Because I'm running low on funds and a few other things, I have been going to the food bank. Not proud, not ashamed. If you want to judge me and call me a loser, I don't give a fuck. Because I'll be getting to that point at the end of this fucking podcast. Um, I've been going to the food bank again. I don't go if I don't need to. When I'm working, I don't go. But when I don't have work and I run out of resources, I go. Um, I went to the food bank today. Saw a lot of people in line. Well, not a lot. More than Monday. And But like Monday, pretty much all Asian, mostly Chinese, and frankly, I gotta be honest with you, probably mostly undocumented. And I, I don't care. That's their life. I don't give a fuck. I, I, I don't have any racist feelings towards them. I'm just describing that as information. One of them was wearing a face mask. Everyone else was just sort of walking around just like there was no fucking problem. And the people that worked at the food bank, none of them were wearing face masks. Now, you need to meditate on this shit. This is a food bank that, even though they don't want to admit it, and I'll get to that anecdote next, mainly serves a lot of undocumented Asian residents who are mainly Chinese. Wouldn't that make fucking sense to wear a mask if you're dealing with every Tuesday and Thursday, two to three hundred undocumented, you know, Chinese for a few hours? I mean, it's not about being Chinese. It's about where they might be from. And if you say, well, Dan, maybe they've been here for a while. Maybe they have. But the flow of undocumented Chinese hasn't stopped. It's probably still hasn't stopped. Oh, I'm going to blow your fucking mind. And that includes that stupid prick. What's his name? Um, God, that was it Kirk, Charlie Kirk, this stupid fucking politician talks about two Chinese sneaking across the Mexican border. What the fuck? Charlie Kirk, Mr. Burke, Captain Kirk, all you fucks who are focused on the Mexican border, come to little Saigon. I'll, I'll, I'll take in a walking tour, and then we'll take the bus to Harbor Island. You know where they, where they, they drop off the fucking containers? We'll go on a walking tour to Harbor Island. We'll start at Little Saigon. We'll go down Rainer Avenue. See all the villages of homeless people. Oh yeah, they're mainly not Asian. It's interesting. It turns out if you're Asian, it's easier to survive as a poor person in Seattle, then if you're, if you're actually born here, it's accidental, of course. Fuck. I'm, I'm in such a shitty mood. I don't hate Asian people. I don't hate Chinese people. It would be stupid to. But it bothers me that some idiot would make a stupid claim. Either he's an idiot. He might be a total fucking idiot. And that's the thing. A lot of these politicians are pretty fucking stupid. 
But I'll, I'll let you in a little secret, Charlie Kirk, or whoever the fuck you are. I can find you a hundred people coming from China every fucking week. I can show you where they arrive. Where they drop off the containers is where they arrive. Wake the fuck up. So my question again is, why didn't I see old people sick today? Nobody was coughing. Nobody was hacking. These were elderly Chinese and Asian, literally what appears to be the target death demographic for this fucking thing. It is almost March. The first case occurred, basically the first case was identified in the first week of December. That's 90 days, folks, okay? Roughly 90 days. Unless this thing has an incubation period of 90 days, what the fuck? Because again, it's contagious while you're asymptomatic, okay? I should be seeing people dropping dead. When I went to the fucking, you know, food bank, I should have seen people dropping dead. Now, on the other side of the equation, I'll let you on this little secret, or, or I'll give you this other piece of information, so maybe it balances it out. The lines today and were, were longer, but still not as long as a year ago when I went there before, and Monday, the line was almost non-existent relative to a year ago. It was mainly Chinese, but just not a long line of Chinese. Instead of, you know, three or four hundred in line, it was like maybe 50 or 60. That's weird. That's different. So on the other side of the equation, observationally speaking, one explanation for not seeing a lot of sick people in line is that it's hard to stand in line. And probably if you're sick, you're staying at home. That is one explanation. Another interesting fact or, or anecdotal fact, which I currently can't back up with any data, I, I did put in a request to Airlift Northwest. I pretended to be a researcher. I said, could you give me could you give me data on the number of ambulance flights to WA-53, which is the helipad at Harborview Medical Center? 
I seriously doubt I'll get a response. Um, I didn't even get a negative response, which is a little weird too. Usually people are polite about that. But yeah, you know, I don't know. But the last couple days, like right now, I don't think you can hear it, but right now I hear a helicopter. And I've seen them buzzing in and out off and on throughout the day, yesterday, today, stuff like that, last night. Is it crazy heavy? Is it like end of the world crazy heavy? No, no, no. It's that uptick. It's it, How much of an uptick, I wouldn't be able to measure it because it's so anecdotal. All I can tell you is I'm noticing more of these life flight ambulance helicopters going to Harborview. So I'm gonna leave it up to you guys to figure out your situation. I think my friend, um, who is thousands of miles away in a, in a state that starts that has a name that starts with the letter M, I think my friend is smart and kind. He is smart to be attentive to the situation, and he is kind to let his friends who are not quite attentive in on the fucking deal. One of my concerns, as I said, that even if this bioweapon was a real thing and not a psyop, is that it potentially could hide something else, but it doesn't have to hide anything. By itself, it could trigger a whole bunch of effects, not the least of which, famine. Right now, you can go to the grocery store and get food. I'm gonna give you some advice. You should go do that. Okay, go get some food. And, and probably a lot of stuff that would be considered long-term storable, dried food, bags of rice, bags of pasta, bags of dried beans, canned food, stuff that will last five years, pretty much, and I can tell you because I've been eating that stuff from the food bank for a couple years, canned food will last a long time, way past its expiration date. Now, do you need to check the can for um, what are considered bulges? Yes, because if there's a bulge in the can, that means that you could have botulism. Pro tip! If you come across a can of food in the apocalypse and it's got any bulges or cracks, don't eat that canned food. Just don't. The botulism will kill you instantly because it's really not the bacteria that kills you. It's the toxin that kills you. The toxin it produces. Um, there's a, I believe it's called acetylcholine. I used to I used to know I used to know this better when I was more interested, but there are many types of neurotransmitters and neurotransmitter channels and in, in the body, and one of the the transmitters that's important to muscle activity is acetylcholine, and acetylcholine has a certain chemical structure. Botulism, from a structural perspective, is kind of like acetylcholine. You know, also, if you ever heard of curare, that poison curare, it is also kind of like acetylcholine. It fits into the, the lock, so to speak, like a key, but then it breaks off, right? And it doesn't do anything. So imagine your friend came to visit. You'd given your friend, actually, here's a better example. Imagine you had your, your friend watch your home over the weekend, and your friend had keys to your house. And your friend, and you also have you know, a pair of keys too, so that's good, right? You have keys also. And he accidentally breaks the key off in the lock. It doesn't matter that you have a set of keys. You're not going to be able to get your keys into that lock. That is basically 
how botulism toxin works. That's how curare works. It fits into the key that triggers muscle activity and then does nothing. But it also prevents actual transmitters, actual compounds that would trigger muscle activity from doing anything. The long and the short of it, of it is you don't get back into the house. And in this case, the muscles stop working. It's not permanent. And if you have good medical attention, you can be, you know, that, that is something that can be treated in a hospital, in a trauma center, if you have the right drugs. If you're in the middle of nowhere and, some, and, and you get botulism poisoning, you're probably going to die. That stuff will kill you very quickly, very quickly. It'll shut down every muscle in your body, including your heart, and you will die. So anyways, a little bit of advice. When it comes to canned food, be fucking careful. I don't think I want to spend more time on this um, than that. I, I, there are some other topics that are less stressful, and I got an angry topic at the end. Yep, I got an angry topic at the end. I saw someone posting about baseball today, you know, baseball and, and how it has rules and stuff, and they'd mentioned the issue of pitchers that cheat. You know how back in the day, pitchers in baseball would do funky things to the baseball to be able to get a strike. Um, I'm no baseball expert. I, I'm not really into baseball, but I know a few things. The Seattle Mariners, um, they had a, a relief pitcher by the name of Gaylord Perry. <laughs> Gaylord Perry. They had a relief pitcher by the name of Gaylord Perry. I think I saw him play once when I was a kid. Gaylord Perry was, I think, pretty washed up by the time he got to Seattle. And he was a relief pitcher, which means he's the guy that came in, you know, basically towards the end of the game when probably the game was won or lost and it didn't matter. He just needed to close things out to give the main pitcher, you know, rest because that's hard work. That's a lot of stress, throwing balls at 100 miles an hour. I mean, what the fuck? Gaylord Perry wasn't a great pitcher, but he was an entertaining pitcher because he was constantly constantly fucking with the ball and he was good at it like the fucking the line line referees whatever you want to call them the fucking observers the the i don't even know what to call these people because i'm not really into sports the referees the the people observing the game um they didn't really they couldn't really catch him i mean he was hard to catch he was one of those guys who knew how to scuff up a ball and then when he threw it, it's like, holy fuck, how did that ball do that? Sure, his pitches didn't go that fast. That's why he had to scuff them. He couldn't throw fast. He couldn't throw 100. His pitches probably went between 70 and 75. But 70 or 75 in these little corkscrew patterns all over the place was crazy. Now, why am I going off on this stupid tangent about Gaylord Perry? Well, here's why. The reason why I like Gaylord Perry and pitchers like that is they demonstrate one of the simple realities of all constrained systems. And that is all constrained systems, whether it's sports games or the engine in your car or a computer program, because I say constrained, <laughs> that doesn't really mean isolated. All constrained systems have these boundary conditions. And these boundary conditions, and sometimes it's the turbulence, 
these boundary conditions are often the places where the most exciting shit happens. In fact, sometimes they're the places where the most entertaining shit happens. The Mariners kind of sucked for a long time, but somebody like Gaylord Perry was entertaining as fuck. He was entertaining because he lived on the boundary of the rules. Yeah, 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 he, he would get caught once in a while, but he was good at it. He was good at, you know, taking his fingernail and scuffing up the ball. He was good at grabbing some Vaseline out of his butt crack. He was good at taking a fingernail file, probably out of, you know, his pitcher's glove, and giving it a little slice. He was good at it. He was good at hiding what he did. And you could say, well, Dan, that's cheating. It is cheating. I'm trying to, trying to tell you something here. I don't think it's right to cheat, but in a free world, if we lived in a free world, there's really no such thing. I'm not saying there's not fraud. There is fraud, okay? And I'm not saying there aren't crooks. There are crooks. And I'm not saying there aren't con artists. Believe me, in every world, including a free world, there, there will be con artists. But the concept of cheating is based upon the notion of a constrained system. I think it's interesting to admit to ourselves that no matter how good you are at controlling people, they will always find a way through. Now think about this fucking virus. You need to think about this, folks, because I've been living in King County the last couple years, and I grew up in Washington State. So I can tell you what the fucking um, middle class, upper middle class demographic is in this fucking city, okay? I can also tell you that if you go to Microsoft campus, you're going to meet a lot of fucking people from China. And I'll let you in a little secret there, too. They're not there because they're qualified. Holy shit, that's not the reason some of the worst programmers I've ever met in my entire fucking life came from China. I had to clean up the work. There was this woman, a PhD, a PhD in mathematics, but she was a report developer. She did SSRS. She created this one report in SSRS. It was like multiple megabytes in size, mainly because she had a switch statement, and a switch statement is like an if-then type statement, that was 10,000 lines long, and it was nested, and it was stupid. Why she did it? Probably because she was too proud to ask for help. Maybe she believed her own bullshit, but nobody in good old-fashioned kind Seattle wants to tell somebody, especially a woman, especially a quote-unquote minority, that they're full of shit. I had to fix, I think it was like 200 reports, in about two weeks because of the stupid shit that she did. So no, there are a lot of Chinese engineers in this country. They're not here because they're more qualified. I'm not saying some of them aren't, but most of them are not here. They're here because they have rich parents back home who want them to get the fuck out of China. Even if it's just for a few years. Even if it's just to buy a fucking home. They want them out of China. So think about Gaylord Perry and think about the rich Chinese and Hong Kong and Wuhan and all the places in China. What is the likelihood right now that they are currently figuring out ways to put their families on containers, on ships, 
headed for Seattle? I would say it's All of the undocumented Chinese get to this country. Do you think they get here on fucking 747s? I hope you're not that fucking stupid. They don't. They get here two ways. One, they get here on containers. And two, they get here because they have a son, a daughter, a nephew, a niece who's on an H-1B visa. Hey, grandma up the butt, you want to go spend three weeks with me in China? Hey, of course I do. Bling. And they fly here. Or they don't have someone here, and they ride the container railroad. You can shut down the person that's going to fly. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if they're doing that yet. I'll, I got to tell you guys, King County is so infested with that mentality. No matter how terrible this is, they will decide to use reason vis-a-vis -vis flights from China and other places and other sources or destinations, they'll use logic about containers when it's too late. You know, when it's already too late. That's when they'll say, oh shit, we should have done this. Yeah, you should have, you know, about a month ago. So you can control the planes, but what do you do about the ships? Are you going to check every fucking container now? I can t I'm pretty certain they don't really do that now. Okay, I'm pretty certain they don't go down to Harbor Island and really fucking check on that shit. So what the fuck are you going to do? What's the fucking plan? And just as a side note, they have been spraying. And when I say spraying, like I'm looking at one right now to the, north, the northwest of me. They have been geoengineering like a motherfucker here today. And, and it's so fucking obvious. The problem is the people of Seattle, they stare at their fucking little glowing rectangle. They stare at their ironically named device, their smart device, and they don't even look up. But right now I'm seeing this obvious non-contrail. There is no fucking way this is a contrail. One, high bypass turbofan engines. 
most of the air just flows through. It's not combusted. Did you know that? Did you know that high bypass turbofan engines, which are pretty much on all planes now, pretty much act like turboprops? So they're not really doing anything that would create a contrail. But even if they were, what I'm looking at right now looks like the fucking Saturn V launch. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they've been fucking geoengineering like a motherfucker today. Kind of makes you wonder why. I went outside because there were these little breaks, you know. The sun showed through. And even though it was cold outside, you started feeling like you're getting the fucking sunburn. That's weird. But that's a lot like what Dane Wigington's been talking about. The fact that ultraviolet C is now reaching the Earth's surface. And like Dane Wigington will tell you, ultraviolet C is the frequency just below X-ray. But actually, in many ways, it's more dangerous because it is tuned to the types of molecular structures, chemical compounds that are in the human body. Totally de designed to destroy, really. Not really, you know, designed, but they do destroy. Yep, there she is, this fucking, it looks like a rocket launch going right over right now. Oh, Dan, it's just, it's just contrails. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The good news is the pieces of truth are falling into place. We are going to find out the truth. It's like my friend said, you know, he responded to me and he said, you know, Dan, don't think I'm a jerk, but I'm kind of curious because at least we're going to see what, what the truth is here. We're going to see what's going on. And he's right. If Guy McPherson, let's talk about Guy McPherson for a second. If Guy McPherson is right, because because basically, and I want to give you guys a, a briefer on this. Guy McPherson believes in abrupt climate change. He believes that we're one or two years away from what's called a blue ocean event in the Arctic. Um, if you don't know how the Arctic works, the Arctic basically is the Earth's air conditioner. One of the reasons why we have been cooler than maybe we would be normally is because the Arctic has kept us cool for thousands of years. It's been a very, it's been a pretty cool deal. And it also provides the temper, temperature differential, the temperature differential that powers pretty much all of the major flows of water in the oceans. You know, like the Gulf Stream? The Gulf Stream is powered by the salt and temperature differential of the Arctic Ocean. If that differential doesn't exist, you know what? The Gulf Stream shuts down. So the Arctic Ocean is pretty fucking important, and the Arctic ice is very, very important. Global dimming is the um, propagation of particulate matter into the atmosphere that blocks the sun. Global dimming, according to this theory, counteracts global warming. So yeah, 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 you get more CO2, you get more greenhouse, but you're also producing more aerosols. And these aerosols are reflecting and blocking the light from reaching the Earth's surface. So they kind of sort of counteract each other in a horribly brutal way, according to people like Dr. Guy McPherson. Another thing too, according to him and others, if we saw a 20% reduction in economic activity, this is the, the important part, um, if we were to experience a 20% reduction in economic activity, this would necessarily add, according to the global dimming theory, one degree Celsius to the Earth's temperature on average within a few weeks. And again, you can go back to my interview with Dr. Guy McPherson. This is basically what he confirmed. 
if we suffer a 20% reduction in economic activity, within a few weeks, all these particles start falling out of the sky and the Earth gains about one degree Celsius in average temperature. You're probably saying, that's no big deal, Dan. Um, that would be like a limited nuclear war, the amount of temperature increase created by that. That would be like that. That amount of energy being released. Um, like lots of hydrogen bombs. Imagine that. Anyways, it is a big deal. One degree Celsius across the planet's atmosphere is a big deal. When you consider that all the Earth's oceans have already been heating up, and yes, it's true, water can store more energy than atmosphere, you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, people? You, you think that's good or bad? Because the fact that it can store that energy also means that it can reach a point where it can't store anymore. So what happens when the oceans can no longer act also as a buffer against this temperature issue? If you believe what Dr. Guy McPherson believes, a 20% reduction would probably trigger all of the positive feedbacks that are worst case scenario. Blue ocean event, that, that in a, a blue ocean event in the Arctic means no albedo, no reflection of the sun, that's bad. It means the ocean itself becomes a black body in physics terms. It means it, means it switches from reflecting to absorbing, that's bad. There are trillions of tons of methane or easily convertible organics in the Arctic Circle. And there's more around the world, but let's just focus on the Arctic Circle for now. If the Arctic ice goes away and the Arctic Ocean heats up, all of that methane starts flooding the atmosphere. This is like Shakova's paper. You know the 50 gigaton event? That one 50 gigaton event that Shakova thinks could happen would essentially, in a matter of months, produce as much greenhouse gas material or as much greenhouse gas in terms of methane, because keep in mind, methane over a 10-year period is 100 times more of a greenhouse gas in terms of its ability to keep the heat in. If that happens, then that's it. We're done. The 50 gigaton burst is essentially like having all of the industrial activity we've had for the last 100 years, or at least the last 50 and having that occur in about, you know, a few months, like maybe six months. So Dr. Guy McPherson would say that if we had a 20% reduction in economic activity, there's a good chance that that's the end of the game. So that's the good news, people. That's your fucking good news story. Because I don't know for certain if Dr. Guy McPherson is right, but here's some fucking great news. In 2020... I believe with great certainty we're going to figure out whether or not Dr. Guy McPherson is full of shit. I think we will. I think we absolutely will. Even if Dane Wigington's right about the climate engineering, I'm just drinking some water here. Even if Dane Wigington's right about what they're doing with geoengineering, it's, it's irrelevant. It's not enough. And if they amp it up, it will be impossible, even for all the zombies who stare at their fucking phones all day. It will be impossible to ignore. So there's a good news story. Really good news. In 2020, I think you're going to find out whether or not this abrupt climate change, this clathrate gun scenario, is a real concern.
Now let's talk about the last topic. Because I was going to talk about Black Friday freakout. Let's talk about Black Friday freakout. Okay, so let's talk about this. Because my friend was intimating to it, but it's, it's on the same subject. So let's talk about it. If you don't have 6 to 12 months of food on hand, you need to go to the grocery store and get that right now. You should probably get it in the form of dried goods, canned food, stuff like that. I'd also recommend getting some spices so you're not just eating bland shit in the middle of the darkness. And by the way, pick up some candles too, you know, and maybe some real books. For those of you who like to read, I hate to break it to you, your Kindle's probably not going to hack it at a certain point. But I would not wait. At this point, no matter what happens next, this is what I'm 100% convinced of. I was talking to my friend about this last night, another friend, a different friend, and he kind of confirmed what I kind of sensed. We're looking at day zero here pretty soon, at the, at the breakover point. It isn't really a day, but we're looking at the transition. We are in the transition. Whatever was the thing, the paradigm, the stuff you got used to, the going to the grocery store, the fucking fast food, the cable TV, all that shit, all that shit you got used to, ordering shit from Amazon, that's over here pretty soon. That's going to be over. Done. And if it still exists, if, if there's still something like that, it will be in such a hellish dystopia, such a hellish fucking slave camp reality, that by the time you get into it, you will wish you were dead. That's assuming you have a sense of dignity. Not everybody does, folks. Some people make good slaves. I don't. Some people do. I, I've met people. I've met people in my own family. Don't want to say who. They make great fucking slaves. So there are a lot of people out there that make great slaves. I'm not one of them. So anywho, whatever happens next, I think you need to consider, like my friend in his email, I think you need to consider looking into buying some food. If you don't know how to purify water, you need to learn right now. If you don't know the multi-stage process of purifying water, I'm not going to teach you right now, by the way. AJ and I, we're going to have a podcast coming up about that. <laughs> I'm not even sure we're going to finish our time travel shit. And I, did, and I did that. This is what's so funny. I did that because people were saying to me, Dan, we like your podcast, but can't you be more optimistic? Can't you talk about things that are nicer? Really? Go to the fucking grocery store. If you have kids and you don't have a means of purifying water, if you don't have the basic equipment you need for dealing whatever the fuck this is, including a first aid kit, and yes, get some fucking masks if you can. But I hate to break it to you, this bug could be so nasty that your masks might not help. They might not. I mean, I read something today where they are finding viral concentrations in dogs. Asymptomatic, right? Friendly little fucking pet the fucking dog. How the fuck is the dog breathing in? Maybe it's breathing in, maybe it's eating it. But I'll tell you what, I would not be surprised if we find out pretty soon that you can get this thing 
through direct skin, basically through skin contact from fomites in the air. If that's the case, unless you can afford a full body hazmat suit, like the ones they, well, were wearing at the Wuhan Bio Level 4 lab, right? The Bio Level 4 lab where however the fuck this happened, happened, if, it, if that's the story. Unless you have a suit like that, you're fucked. Unless you have a fucking clean room, you're fucked. Unless you have an overpressure containment bunker that has the same pressure features of an Intel clean lab, you're fucked. You're going to get the virus. Unless you're in the middle of nowhere. You know, maybe if you're on a ship in the middle of nowhere by yourself, maybe if you're out in the desert by yourself, you, you might be fine. But if you're in a city like me, and you don't have the full body equipment, and you don't have overpressure, and when I say overpressure, that means that you're pushing air into a containment vessel, so the air is constantly going outward, which is the best way to keep viruses from getting in. It's also a great way to keep a chip manufacturing facility, like an Intel facility, from having impurities get into their chip works. You know, for your fucking computer, you know the fucking chip in your fucking computer? sucked. I'm off my game because I'm angry. Let me tell you why. And before I tell you why, you need to understand something. I am not fucking special. You're not about to hear some delusion of grandeur or negative ego inflation or any of that fucking psychiatric bullshit some motherfucker would want to pump into your fucking brain. In fact, I tend to be, interestingly enough, opposed to certain theories that seem implausible. Like, for example, crowd stalking. I don't really, I never really thought that was a real thing. I really don't, and I still am not sure if it is. So there are things that people talk about in the conspiracy circles that I'm very kind of, I'm skeptical of. But one thing that isn't a conspiracy is that major distribution channels for podcasts, videos, you name it, they have in the last decade, and under Trump as well, it's really funny, back in 2016, I had so many Trump motherfuckers telling me, oh, he's going to protect Julian Assange. He'll protect Julian Assange, and he'll protect your freedom of speech, and you'll keep your fucking guns and every. Oh my God, I wanted to fucking punch those stupid fucking people in the face. 
Are you stupid? He won't do any of those things. Hillary Clinton is free. Julian Assange will probably be dead, maybe, because maybe the virus will destroy the system before they can kill him. But the fact is, Julian Assange is in jail on his way to being dead. Hillary Clinton is probably in a, in a plane right now on her way to her safe zone condo in Antarctica. I pay SoundCloud about 150 bucks a year. I think it's like 160. Currently, I have about, I would guess, roughly 25 gigabytes of MP3 files on their servers, okay? 25 gigs, that's something that will fit on a SanDisk, okay? I pay them to host the MP3s. I pay them to allow people to listen to my fucking podcasts I pay them money. This is not a free service. I'm not getting communism. I have confirmed today that SoundCloud is shadow banning me. I suspected it for months, but I know now for certain. Don't ask me how. I want to protect the person involved, but I can let you in a little secret. I have evidence. I have email chains. I have actual evidence that they have been fucking shadow banning me. Now, of course, I don't have a smoking gun email that where they say shadow ban Dan. That's not the way it would work, folks. I'm not fucking special. I am one of millions of people around the world who are currently being silenced. The fact that nobody has ever heard of me is kind of irrelevant. In fact, that's kind of the fucking point. And I'm not claiming I'm special, but I'll get these fucking emails from people saying, Dan, why haven't I heard of you? Dan, why aren't you more popular? Wake the fuck up. This is not a free country. There is no free speech. Even when you pay to stand in the public square, they can tell you to go fuck yourself. You know, it's funny. My dad was angry. Angry a lot. Really angry. He served in World War II. My dad served in World War II. When he was 17 years old, he signed up. He did not have to go. He went to his parents 
and got permission to go to the fucking Pacific. I think the year was 1943. FYI, if you were watching newsreels in 1943, you probably didn't want to go to the, to the Pacific. You know, as much censorship as there was, there were people like Ernie Pyle and others who were letting the truth slip through in the newsreels before the movie. You would see little pictures of the Marines floating up on shore. Believe me, the average intelligent 17-year-old in 1943 probably said to themselves, you know what, I don't think I'm going to jump the gun. My dad didn't just accept being drafted. He went into the service during a war before he had to, and his parents had to sign permission for him to do this. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, another thing you know, my dad and I did not get along that well. He died in 1993 when I was 23 years old, and I never got a chance to fix shit with him. We never got along very well. And it basically, he and I had a blowout, you know, a couple years before he died. And then he was dead. So I'll never really know the answers to any of the fucking questions I have but I can tell you what a deep state fuck told me. And I say deep state fuck, this was a friend of my mom after my mom died. Her husband was in the CIA. She told me that my dad was involved in Operation Crossroads. Operation Crossroads was the first series of non-wartime above-ground atomic tests after World War II. It occurred in the summer of 1946. My dad at the time would have been stationed on Guam. And he was a mechanic. He actually had two roles. He was a mechanic, but he was also a landing craft pilot. Thankfully, we didn't invade Japan, right? But the joke's on us. Because for several weeks in the summer of 1946, he was ordered to clean equipment. Like equipment was coming in from someplace. He didn't know where. Covered in some kind of shit. He didn't know what. And he said, we'll, we'll bring in the motor pool and you're going to stand in, in that shit in a fucking, a fucking, you know, basically in a reservoir parking spot with a water cannon. And you're going to spend three weeks washing off equipment coming from somewhere. What he didn't know is this was equipment that was on flat tops outside of Bikini Atoll. Um, this was equipment that was exposed to high-energy radiation and fallout. And he was the guy who was standing in fallout for three weeks. One of the stories I heard is he got really sick when he was in Guam. He didn't know what it was. He had rebuilt a motorcycle. I, I don't know if any people out there who are into motor motorcycles. He had rebuilt a motorcycle when he was there. And then he just drove it off the fucking pier. Like, he, for, for whatever reason, he got on his motorcycle one night and drove it off the pier into the ocean. You, you name me a fucking 17-year-old or 18-year-old that just got done rebuilding a motorcycle, you tell me why they would do that. He hadn't been in combat yet. They didn't invade Japan. So he did, it. He did in fact, avoid it, you know? If they invaded Japan, <laughs> you probably wouldn't be listening to me right now. The life expectancy of a landing craft pilot for an invasion of the homeland islands is probably measured in minutes. You know, how long they expect to be alive. 
this friend of my mom, whose husband was CIA, basically told me that she had evidence that my dad was exposed to these illegal experiments. And at the time, it was, the year was 2010, you know, 10 years ago, I was already processing my mom being dead and frankly, other shit going on in the world. I mean, guys, whatever the fuck the last decade was, if you wanna call it the dream decade of prosperity, go fuck yourself. Maybe for some of you crony fucks, maybe for those of you that would lick Obama's asshole and suck his cock. But for the rest of us who have our fucking dignity, the last 10 years have been a living fucking hell. So yeah, 2010 um, wasn't a great year for dealing with the possibility that your father that volunteered to serve his country was a guinea pig in a series of illegal experiments on American soldiers involving radiation. That's not really something you want to hear. In fact, you know when I would when you know when I wish that woman who was married to the deep state fuck would have told me? Before I was fucking commissioned. I'll let you in a little secret. If I had known about that before I took my oath in 1996, even if it had happened on the day, like if on that very day I had found out that my government treated my father like a piece of shit? To do what? To figure out if you can clean Jeeps that have fallout on them? If I had known that then, I would have taken, I would have, I would have stood up for the fucking swearing in, and then I would have said, fuck you, Colonel, fuck you, Major, fuck you, Captain, I'm going with this little blonde girl who's been hitting on me in philosophy of music class, and I'm getting out of fucking Dodge with her because she makes way more sense than any of you motherfuckers. And she's not evil. If I had known that there was a 50-50 chance that my dad had had that done to him, he was a boy. He was a kid. And then you learn about all the above ground testing and you learn about all the shit that they did. And then you, you learn about Marshall, the Marshall Islanders that were given all of the damage and none of the, well, there's no benefits really, but no help. And what did, we, what, what did, what did the Trump administration recently tell the Marshall Islanders? Go fuck yourself. Yes, we tested hydrogen bombs and atomic bombs, and we polluted your islands, and we almost killed a bunch of your people with our first H-bomb test, but go fuck yourself. That is not a government worth respecting. That is not a government worth listening to. So if your question in your head right now is, Dan, why are you on this rant? Because I gotta say, I don't make a lot of money off this fucking podcast. I don't. And if, only, if, I, if I had only ever made, and I say ever because I think this world is coming to an end, but if I had only ever made a couple grand a month, I would have been fucking happy. That would have been like, holy shit, hobo fucking paradise. That would have been hobo paradise. But it turns out that in our fucked up, screwed up society, lots of people like me are simply told, we don't want you here. 
No, we'd like you to be a slave. We would like to, you to work and be a slave and to take abuse and to be treated like shit, but we really don't want you expressing yourself. You can go fuck yourself. No, no, no. United States government, you can fuck yourself. You can fuck yourself until the end of time. You are corrupt. You are evil. You are filled with evil people. And if there is a justice to the fist of God, a lot of you people in the donut around Washington, D.C. are about to go through a living hell. And why? Because you live in fucking Sodom. You live in Rome. What the fuck? What do you think happens to you? You've been living high. I mean, fuck, under Obama, you lived as well as fucking kings. It's over. That's over. I'm not saying that there won't be a fucked up dystopia in the future. Who, who the fuck knows what comes next? But what I'm telling you is if you're some nice little sleepy community in the donut in Maryland or Virginia around Washington, D.C., and you think your reality is going to continue, here's a fun fact. Most of the nuclear reactors are on your side of the Mississippi. And there's a number of them around you, believe it or not, within a few hundred miles. And it turns out that you can't really, I mean, even though, you know, our good friend Michael Bloomberg, that piece of shit, thinks that everybody can farm, which is not true, that's definitely not true. I'll also tell you something that's also not true. Not everyone can farm, and not everybody can manage a boiling water or pressurized steam nuclear reactor. That's actually something you have to train to know how to do, and frankly, I don't want the guy that gets a B. I don't want the guy that gets a B or a B plus either. I want the guy that gets the A plus in charge of that terrible, terrible thing that if it melts down, basically salts the earth for hundreds of miles and makes it impossible to live there for thousands of years. Yeah. This rant, this anger, is because I thought I could post podcasts on SoundCloud. I thought I could do this one little thing. I served my country, right? I mean, I'm an anarchist now, but I did it. I served my country. I was honorably discharged. Why can't I have my freedom of speech? And if you say, well, Dan, it's not really a freedom. Uh oh, really? I paid for it. I paid for it by serving, and I paid for it with money. Okay? This is not going on Twitter or Facebook and riding the free train. I gave them money that... I kind of wish I had now, given how they're fucking treating me. Every fucking few weeks for the last three months, the number of followers I had would get up to 200, and then magically 20, 30, 40 followers would just disappear. What's really interesting is one of my followers who is disappearing is also a friend of mine, someone I know, someone I met. And, he, and his account just kept disappearing, like the others. So what are we left with? You know, are we left with incompetence or malice or both? I think it's probably both. And I don't think I'm special. I think a lot of people are treated like this. And guess what? That doesn't make it better. Not being special in this case. It's kind of like saying, well, Dan, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're in a death camp, but you're not special. There's millions of others. Well, yeah. Does that make it better or worse? The fact that I share a digital ghetto with billions of people, does that make it better 
or worse. I don't give a fuck. If someone had been honest with me, if SoundCloud had been honest with me and said, you know what, Dan, we've been reviewing your podcasts and we want to refund your money. If they had been honest with me after my first five podcasts, which frankly, unless you're fucking stupid, you could pretty much figure out the general topics after five. If they had been honest with me, at least I would have that money. So yeah, fuck you and your, it's not a free speech. You know what? That's my fucking money, you stupid fuck. Ignore the fact that we have no Bill of Rights. Ignore the fact that we live in an open-air prison. It's not simply that's evil. It's disgusting. This system, a lot of you love, and I know my listeners don't fall into that group generally, but people in Seattle, the system that they love, the system that that gives them all this hope and faith that everything's going to keep getting better, it is disgusting. It is a monster. It is diseased. And the sooner it dies, the better for everyone that's alive right now. But it's also possible that it's going to take us down with it. That is something you need to consider here. No matter what happens with this bioweapon, you know, again, bioweapon, not something free people would create. Pretty much something a government creates. Pretty much a government thing to create a bioweapon. And what's really funny, it's illegal. It is illegal to produce bioweapons. All the governments sign these treaties. Yeah, you should fucking meditate on that too, especially if you voted... I don't care who you voted for, but if you voted in 2016, meditate on the fact that producing bioweapons is illegal in in international law. Period. Illegal. Wow, that's a lot of fucking sirens. I don't know if you hear that. (sighs) That was a lot of anger. But you know what, guys? I don't have a lot of money, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being poor. I'm okay with living rough. I just don't want to have every single fucking thing taken away. It seems like, it just seems like maybe one or two things. Like, maybe I should be able to do a podcast, and maybe if I'm not allowed to, they don't charge me the money, which is to say that, Wouldn't it be nice if some company didn't like your opinion, but instead of being a grifter, just said, we don't like your opinion. We don't want you posting here. Let you on a little secret. I'm okay with that, you stupid fuck. That's called honesty. For those of you listening, you say, well, Dan, it's a private... Sure as shit, it is a private company. If they had been honest with me, fuck it. But the fact that they're not just cowardly pieces of shit, but they're they're grifters and con artists. It just reminds me of everything I hate about working in IT, everything I hate about the software development world in King County. It is gross. It is disgusting. And the sooner a tidal wave wipes it away, the better too. I can't talk more about it. I will say this though. In recent weeks, I've had people tell me, Dan, 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 why can't you be more optimistic? Like I'll say around December, actually Thanksgiving, I was talking to people about where I was at, and they were saying, Dan, you like to write. Keep writing. Believe in yourself. Keep podcasting. You'll do well. Keep doing those things. 
What a bunch of fucking bullshit, right? What a fucking bunch of bullshit. This keyboard in front of me is going to be, well, probably useless in a few months. The recorder I'm using right now will probably be useless in a couple months. And who knows, I might even be dead in a couple months. So please, please, by all means, take your fucking bullshit about having a positive attitude about society and shove it up your fucking ass. If you're out there right now thinking, dang, you could just be more positive. Really? Really? If every door that I try to go through gets slammed in my face, you're asking me to do what again? A gay Asian man at Alaska Airways on September the 23rd, well, really before that too, 2018, could go up to my fucking cube, give me a little back rub, grab my fucking arm, and from behind, you know, I'm typing on the keyboard, he comes up from behind, he does this, that's okay. He gets to do it because he's a gay Chinese man. But if Uncle Dan were to do that to a woman, guess what? I'd get fired. Do you know who got fired on September the 21st? Well, not really fired. Do you know who had to resign on September the 23rd, 2018? Dan. Derek, that fuck, and I won't say his last name, that piece of shit Derek, I bet he's still there, and I bet he's still touching people. You need to think about that, too. He's probably still grabbing and touching and everything else. That piece of shit, that moronic, stupid piece of shit, not necessary STEM worker, not someone we have to have. That piece of shit gets to have that job. That is how our system works right now. It is not free enterprise. It is not about competition, and it is definitely not about getting the best for your money. It is one racket piled on another. So fuck you, SoundCloud. Fuck you, Derek at Alaska Airways. Fuck you, Microsoft. Fuck you, Amazon. Fuck you, Seattle. That's right. Fuck you. You've been telling me my whole life, well, Seattle's the future city. It's a super city. Technology's the future. Everything's going to get better. Fuck you. I'm not opposed to technology. I love it, but it's a tool. Don't be one. Use tools. Don't be a tool. If you don't understand the difference, don't touch the tool. Because you're probably going to hurt yourself or somebody else. I am too angry to do any more. I will say this. If you listen to my podcast and you enjoy it, I don't know if you enjoyed this one because I was so fucking angry, but if you listen to my podcast and you enjoy it, and, and or any of my podcasts, and you have paid for your long-term storable food, your fresh water, your ability to protect yourself and your family, and you still, in the last hours before the chaos sets, have a few bucks left over in your checking account, and you actually have that money, which means you don't need it, you don't have a family member that needs help, because right now is the time to help people around you. Right now is the time to recognize what's important. What have I said in the past? Please listen. There will come a time when what people think is... How can I phrase this? There will come a time when items that are considered, you know, valuable, priceless, irreplaceable, 
there will come a time when the things we think are important today will be considered worthless. And there will come a time when the things that are considered worthless today, like family, like real connections, I don't mean social media bullshit, eh, that's probably not going to work in the cannibal chaos. No, I mean actual connections with people. There's going to come a time when family and connections with people and real shit is going to be is going to be essentially the most valuable thing in your life. And these other things, these things that people think are so fucking important today, they will be worthless. That will also happen. When you transition through this, like we all will, you will find out the things that were considered incredibly important yesterday will be insignificant tomorrow. The things that were considered incredibly valuable yesterday will be worthless tomorrow. The things that were considered worthless, like family, like liberty, like the water and the soil and the air, these things will be worth more than anything, really. They'll be, imp they'll be priceless. There'll be no way to measure them. If you have a wife that isn't quite so cute anymore and you're thinking of cheating on her, you need to ask yourself why you married her. You need to ask yourself why you're cheating because if you still love her, stop it. Stop it right now unless you want to fucking go through a living hell. Stop it and go to your wife and apologize and fix it or do what you have to do. If you're a wife right now and you're thinking about dumping your husband because he hasn't had a job for a few years and he doesn't fit into your definition of some liberal fucking progressive idea about a man, you need to stop that shit because that's bullshit. It won't matter. Food will matter. Access to water will matter. Your ability to avoid gangs and chaos and mayhem, that will matter. Having somebody who's willing to stand by you and defend you That'll matter. But that shit that was pumped into your head, that social justice nonsense, that's worthless. You need to get rid of it yesterday because it will not help you. But if you've taken care of the people you care about and you still have money left over, Uncle Dan could use some beer and some weed because I'll let you in a little secret too. I don't think I'm going to make it more than 90 days in the chaos. If I do, I'll be surprised. But I wouldn't mind going out with one last, you know, listening to music, drinking some Rainier, and having some weed. And all that can be done quite cheaply. If all you can do is send me 20 bucks, guess what? That gets me all the way there. And if you're going to say, well, Dan, that's not a positive. Oh, my God, I want to strangle these fucking people. What did you just say? What did you say to me? I will do what I want to do. I will breathe after my own fashion. As long as I can be free, I will be. And if there are things that I think I'm going to miss on the other side of the singularity, I will enjoy them until I cannot. I do not have kids. I don't have a wife. My wife dumped me because I couldn't be the person she wanted me to be. I don't have any of that. And frankly, I'm not that close to my family. So... All I have are those few pleasures that will be gone. And so, yeah, if you have the money, I'll be honest, I'll buy food. Um, I'll buy the things I need, but I'll also buy beer and weed. And I hope that you can send me a few bucks if you got it, but you don't have to. Anyways, have a great Thursday.
Hope you're alive tomorrow.